Fletcher Christian Gange. Jim English, how are we? Ah, we are doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. Nice little Tuesday. So this is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have the world's biggest Padres fan on the other end of the podcast. He is broadcasting from San Diego. So welcome, Fleshton Critcher Gange. Whoa, Fletcher <laughs> Christian Gange of all tongue-tied here. So welcome, and where do you want to start with the Padres? Yeah, I mean, Jim, it's uh, so we are now 11 games post the All-Star break, um, which is around the time last time we spoke, I believe. So basically, we're, we're in, just to kind of give a little summary of the Padres so far, not a lot has changed in the last, let's say, three weeks, I think, since we spoke. And I mean that in the sense that the Padres are more or less 500, I think, actually, since our last podcast. So it's the two steps forward and two steps back, which I know isn't a common saying, but that's kind of been like, you know, what it's been with the Padres. So I think we're actually coming up to a very key point. Um, We're about one week away from the trade deadline. So there's a lot of rumors swirling. Are the Padres going to give up and trade some guys? Are we going to go in and try and buy and get and get some talent to push us over? Are we going to stand pat? Um, so I think we should probably dive into maybe all those scenarios. And I have opinions on on all of them, as of course. So I knew you kind of tell would. me. <laughs> I know you would. So what are the rumors are you hearing, and who would they trade? So just tell us what you're hearing. Yeah, so, well, first off, let me break it down. So, the Padres are currently six games out of a wild card spot. Um, There's a chasing a whole, it's, you know, it's a stacked, stacked as in a lot of teams kind of fighting for those three spots. Um, In the Diamondbacks, Giants, Phillies, Marlins, um, Reds and Brewers are, are tied, Giants, and then Cubs are ahead of us. But five of the teams are within a half game of each other. And then the Padres are six back. So I say that in a sense of it's not the best looking, but if the team goes on a run, you got to assume at least two of those teams maybe fall off a little bit and, you know, allow us to sneak in the playoffs. So that's kind of the thought process, I think, leading towards not trading guys away and, you know, actually going out and buying. Um, so going kind of deeper into that, the people we would trade, and, you know, I've read up a little bit in this, listen to some interviews with Preller. He's very much not wanting to give up on this year, but also not want to give up on next year because next year you do have all these guys under contract. You have Juan Soto for another year. You have Hassan Kim for another year, but it's Blake Snell. Who's got the lowest ERA in the league. So as a starter, so Cy Young candidate, Josh Hader, arguably the best closer in baseball and then Seth Lugo, who's another one of our starters. So I think if we're going to trade, it's going to be one of those three guys. But the way I see it is if you trade one of those three guys, you're punting on the season, which is very much something I don't think Preller wants to do, mainly because he's kind of put his Padres tenure on the line with uh, this season going well. So with two months to go, six games back, many teams could fall off that you think you can overtake. I don't think he does sell, but those would be the guys they consider selling. And the argument to do that is – it's the best closer and the best starter and a top, you know, two or, or three to five starter that's available in trades. So you'd get a haul of young talent if you wanted. 
Um, so I'll maybe take a little break there and see if you got anything to add to that, Jim. But that's kind of the the high level of selling if that's what they were going to do. Yeah, it seems to me that, you know, you wouldn't want to give away those players. You know, no, I mean, yeah. For, I mean, so what would – so you're thinking – Next year, I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot. You got a plethora of really good talent, and what would mm-hmm. concern me is letting go either a signing candidate or the best closer. I mean, I don't think you'd want to do that for the for the present or the future. Yeah, so so I, I forgot to say that the reason those three are the names is because they will be free agents at the end of the year. Obviously, we've given a lot of money to other folks. So the thought is like, okay, are we going to be able to re-sign Blake Snell? Or is somebody else going to sign him for a lot more money than we want to sign him for? Same goes with the Josh Hader, Seth Lugo. to a little less, but the same thought. So it's deciding if, because when you traded for Juan Soto, you traded for two and a half years of Juan Soto. So it was last year's playoff push, which obviously was exhilarating, close to, you know, being the dream year then this full year and then next full year before he's a free agent. And I know they've been vocal about wanting to re-sign him long-term as well. So it's kind of like, okay, do you want to put yourself in the best position to win next year? And you could probably find teams that'll trade you guys who aren't like, like when we traded for Juan Soto, we traded away 19 year olds, 20 year olds. So these are great prospects, but they're not going to, a lot of them aren't in the major leagues yet and won't be for a few years. The Nationals are okay with that. But the Padres, if we're trading Next year is kind of a make or break. And then, like, if you fail next year, too, I don't know what you do. But having said that, it's like this team's so frustrating because they still have the, you know, looking at now the third highest run differential in the National League. It's like you've seen them on Saturday. They blow out the Tigers 14-3. to It's like they ha- you think they have it in them. And then, you know, 14-3 wins. Sunday they lose 3-1. to Last night you get kind of blown out to the Pirates, who are one of the worst teams in the league. But then you beat the Blue Jays, who are a playoff team. And, you know, just recently. So that's where I think it's you know quite the juggle. And I, you know, this probably isn't the best not to have a take, but I, I definitely see both sides. Like if it, if we're a week from now and we traded Snell and Hater and got a lot of good people, I'd be like, you know what? That makes sense. But if we don't, we go all in. I'll be like, let's go. I agree. Why would you give up a season of all these guys primes when you've got to think a 10, a, a stretch of winning 10 out of 12 games is still going to happen. But it just hasn't yet, so it's it's been tough. So Snell or Hater concerns me the most. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Snell and Hater. So yeah, are, um, how much would that cost you to keep those two long term? They're in their prime, and it seems to me that the philosophy and the strategy of the Padres is not to make money, it's to get wins in the near future. Now, has that changed at all? Has there been some financial dynamics that would make them enticing to to let them go? I mean, the short answer is no. I mean, I went to the game last night, and it was a, a team, the Padres are under 500, playing the Pittsburgh Pirates on a Monday. So not a game you expect the crowd to come to. And there were 44 or 45,000 people in the ballpark, which no other team is doing that from, from what I've seen. So, yes, obviously you're spending a lot of money to get wins, but the fan base has definitely returned the favor in that everyone there is wearing a jersey that, you know, jerseys cost a couple hundred bucks. 
you have, you know, in a packed house of people spending money on tickets. And, you know, when you go to a game, you're having $20 beers and, you know, $30 hot dogs. I mean, I'm obviously stretching it, but I don't know. I, I, the business. Yeah, for real. It's, it's nuts. Um, but the business model, that's part of the business model and that's gone well. I think what it more comes down to is MLB has a soft salary cap. So what that means is you can go out and spend infinite dollars. But once you go over a certain threshold, you start to lose, um, you forfeit draft picks, you forfeit um, international bonus money. So like, for example, Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis were international signings. You know, they didn't grow up in the U.S. They did not get drafted like a high school kid or college kid here would. But instead, they got signed as 16 to 17 year olds. And teams are given an allotted amount of money that they can spend on these international players. So you have to be strategic and who you pick. Like you can't get everyone. And because the Padres are over one of the threshold lines, they lose money there. And if you continuously do that, then the penalties get more and more severe. You pay ta- extra taxes and you lose out of that money. So I don't believe our owner is concerned about his wallet, but it's what product you can get on the field. And the fact of the matter is the best baseball players, for the most part, come from, you know, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela. You know, they get – they. Um, I'm playing on the word, but they you know, escape from Cuba. I know there's a better word for that. Like that's where a lot of the stars are. So it's trying to, I think that's more the line that I think they're, they're falling into versus just the dollar, the, you know, the bottom line, the profit, the P and L showing up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, you know, is that's one possibility. Tell us another potential scenario. Yeah, so let's go into the buy scenario. Um, obviously, and we can talk about this more generally later if you'd like, but, you know, Shohei Otani, there's thoughts that the Angels are going to trade him. He's a free agent after the year, generational. He's having, you know, the best hitting and best pitching season. It's, you know, he's he's a sight to watch. So if you like sports at all, turn on a Shohei Otani game and just watch him because he's very fun to watch play. So I don't see the Padres going out and getting a guy like that. Like last year, we got Juan Soto, the top guy. We traded a lot of our farm system guys. I don't believe we trade our top five, you know, prospects. You know, people talk about when you traded for Soto that you gave away everybody you had. That's not the case. Prellers and his scouting team are very, very good. We have a really, really good young talent base in the minor leagues. You know, very top heavy. Um, I don't think we use any of them. But I could see us going out and, you know, buying smartly. There's actually an article that um, – uh, AJ Casville, he writes for the Padres. It's on the website today. It's like, how can the Padres buy smart? And what it is, is, you know, you're going more for the role player types. This year is not because of Manny or Tatis or Soto, you know, Kim, Xander. Like they've had, you know, very fine years. It's been, you know, the Matt Carpenter, uh, Nelson Cruz, DH platoon has been abysmal. The catcher position has not been good. Jay Cronenworth has struggled. There's been no depth on the bench. The back end of the bullpen has been bad. So it's like, okay, let's go out and get a more middle tier level level player that, you know, we can get for a cheaper deal, but he's going to hit above 230 and he can provide something in the bottom of the order. Or let's go out and get a middle reliever. We're not going to get the Josh Hader reliever, but we're going out and getting someone more kind of middle tier that, you know, isn't a household baseball name. So that's what I would, you know, guess we do. Um, but that's just like, you know, you don't want to overspend. And I think teams will certainly try and take advantage of a guy like Preller who likes to be aggressive. So I think that's what I find the most likely scenario. 
Uh, we do that. And then the third scenario, which in my opinion is the worst scenario, is the do nothing scenario where you just no trades, keep the team as is. And that to me, it's just like, okay, I don't think our team as is, is a World Series team. I think you need to sure up the bottom half of the roster, you know, get those extra pieces that I just mentioned, or just, you know, punt on the year, trade some pieces. So next year we're, you know, refresh and ready to go. So I'd mm -hmm. say there's, it's, those are the three options I see. And look, it's anyone's, it's anyone's guess. Although I, there was an article yesterday um, basically saying Preller and the Padres are not going to trade Hader or Snell. If they want to win this year, they still believe they can win this year. And I want to say it's true, but then there's another article today by the same people like, well, last night was a disastrous loss. So are they going to sell now? Um, and a lot of that's just writers realizing people are, want to read everything because it's the week of the trade deadline but you know it's it'll be interesting like i'm, I'm glued i'm glued to you know mlb.com seeing what's going on what happened last night last night lost to the pirates eight to four um you darvish gave up eight seven eight runs four home runs you know Jeez. just awful the jim the, here's a stat i saw after the game the pirates in their last 30 games against teams not named the padres are five and 25 but they Jesus. are 4-0 in that stretch against the Padres. So, like, it was just I, – I couldn't – I can't really explain it to you. It's like these are terrible, bit, like, MLB-level players not doing well. And we're facing a – it was Hugh Darvish, supposedly, you know, our, our ace going into the year. He's been pitching well in the month of July. Hasn't had a great year. He wasn't pitching well of late. Nothing. The Pirates have this kid. He's making his second career start. In his first career start, he had like eight runs in a couple innings. So it's like, okay, we should hit this guy because he's, you know, young and not not the best. Nope, he shut us down for the most part. And then Udara, it was ev like even the balls that weren't hits, it was line outs and just hard hit fly balls and everything. It was just he just didn't have it. So it was it was a tough game to watch for sure. And it's just you know what's happening now. You know, I understand you know the that you don't want to stay pat, you know, that you want to mm -hmm. make some changes and, 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 you know, and change things up a little bit. And that's understandable, but it just, what's happening with this team and the personnel and the way the roster is constructed, it's just defies logic, you yeah. know, like losing to the Padres and what are they? Oh, and eight now in extra inning games. Oh and nine. Oh and nine. And like two of those losses, they were one strike away or one out away from winning, giving up hits or home runs to tie it. It's like, and that's the thing. It's like people sit ah friends, you know, I follow baseball and the Padres very, very well. As you know, that's why I'm, we're talking today. And all the friends who are more casual fans are like, hey, I don't watch every game. Like, what's happening? Is it pitching? Is it hitting? Is it, you know, Tatis not playing well? Like, what, what could it be? I'm like, no, like. It's really not when you break it down. What I see is it's, you know, you're owing five games under 500. If we're five and five in these extra inning games, it's like we're above, we're five games above 500. And then we're in a wild card spot. We're not only is that, we're the worst team in the MLB in one run games. So we go out, we blow these teams out, and then we lose these one run games. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry that, to laugh. And... <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, no, I know. I, it's just, it's, it's laughable. It's it defies logic. I mean, I have 500 bucks on the Padres to win everything. <laughs> and, you know, and I made that bet in the beginning of the year. 
And, you know, it's just stunning to me that they're so bad in the clutch. And this is collective, yeah. right? It, it certainly feels like it. I mean, look, the runners in scoring position was a big issue. It's not as much of an issue anymore. I saw um, we're now fifth in, the, in, like, the MLB this month in runners in scoring position average. So it's like that's clearly not the disastrous last place that it was for the first few months of the year. That's yeah. It's I don't. I guess it's in the clutch. It just feels like like I don't know. I, I sat there. I watched just about every pitch of Saturday's fourteen to three win. Like everyone's hitting this. Like every, I, everyone on the team got, uh, scored a run if they started that game. You know, almost everyone got a hit. One guy got walked a few times instead of getting hits. So it's like all right. And then the next day we got three hits as a team. It's the same lineup. So it's like I, I don't even know if I want to blame it on the clutch or just blame it on like they don't spread it out. It's it, it's certainly something I haven't really seen, you know, as a Padre fan for sure, and really as any other team. But it's just, yeah, it's it, it's frustrating and really, really hard to comprehend, for especially someone like myself who watches us win these big games against really good, good teams. You know, Saturday's Tigers not really but like they beat up on the Blue Jays, and then you beat up on the Phillies, but then you lose three close games right after that. It's like it's it's just tough. It's real tough. Yeah, beat up on the Angels. And then, yeah. I went to the you know a couple of uh, Angel games in the last week and did get to see uh, uh, Otani and uh, you're right he is something to see but the guys I went with have Angel season tickets and they're like the Padres look like the 27 Yankees against us you know against the mm-hmm. against the Angels and they were saying that you know they they were just they look really really good. And I just don't understand. It just defies logic to me that they cannot produce in the clutch and in the lopsided wins. They're just, they're gigantic. And in the lopsided losses, they're just little lambs. I don't, to me, it's just stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's things like I wish I had, you know, a detailed, you know, analysis why it's happening. It's got to be like something deeper, like something more mental. Like, I don't know if we need a sports psychologist or, or what, what the heck they need. But, yeah, it it, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't make sense. And they yeah, show signs I mean, of life and then they, you, they, they go back to it. Yeah. You know, every you know, if you look at every statistical category, OK, the pitching in close the hitting in close games, you know, the run production in close games, you know, in extra inning games, every single stat points to the fact that they're, they're inept when it comes to a close game. But when it's, you know, you know, they're third in run differential in the national league, right? Isn't that what you said? Third and run differential. And the only two we're behind are the Dodgers and the Braves, who are the two best teams in the National League. Right. So it's like, I mean, and that's what we expected going into the year. It was just to be a three-team, you know, NL battle with those two. And, and the Mets, too. The Mets are having a disaster season like us, at least. So, misery loves company. But, yeah. I mean, the only thing Nuts. you can do, I mean, you can, you know, you can shake the, you know, you get some new people. You could shake the lineup up, right? Maybe switch them around, switch the hitters around. Um, you know the, you know, you know, change the pitching rotations a little bit just to see if you can find some clutch people. Uh, you know, it's just 
because to me, it's, you know, you look at this and they have the personnel, even the carpenters, you know, those guys. I mean, he's, you know, he is a pretty good baseball player, don't you think, generally speaking? Had a great career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean looking back, that was a terrible signing. He's, he's got a two-year deal. So he's, we're on the hook for him next year, too. I mean, Nelson Cruz got released. I don't know. So we have shaken up the roster. I'll say that. Nelson Cruz got released. Rudin Odor got released. Austin Nola got sent down. So they're definitely trying to mix it up, I guess. Then you got a guy like Carpenter. And look, we're watching – I'm watching that game Sunday. You lose 3-1. to one. Matt Carpenter had chances to drive runners in. And a 3-1 game, you know, could have been not 3-1. to one, But he's just – he's incapable up at the bat, it seems like. So – yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's just so weird. Like, this can get, you know, you've played a lot of sports. I played sports. And, yeah. you know, you can get in situations where it becomes overwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. it just you just can't do it. And it seems like the Padres are just in a psychological rut that whenever it's a close game, you know, they just don't seem to – they ha- they haven't been able to produce. Yeah, I mean, that's well said. It's like I – mean, I mean, I, I said it before. I said it, I mean, it might be psychological. It's like you get into the sixth, seventh inning. It's like, all right, guys, we're down four to three. And it's like everyone starts pressing because, you know, we've lost so many of those games already that you, you lose that confidence. So, I mean, I think that certainly, you know, is a good – or good – thought by you that that could have something to do with it you want to hope that these guys are above that mentally we don't have a young team we have one of the more seasoned teams and guys who have won before but you know as a group it's obviously their first year together so yeah i mean i think that that adds into it and it's it's a shame to say for sure but it is you know that that, that's got to be that's the only guess i got that's you know it's i mean that's the only thing you can think of it's it's psychological at this point that, yeah. you know, that, I mean, are they, so if I'm also inferring from what you're saying, is they play to their competition? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we won the season series against the Braves this year. They're the best team in the National League. And then we're getting smoked in the season series to the Pirates. And they're one of the worst in the National League. We got swept by the Nationals. They are the worst in the National League. Or maybe the Rockies are the worst, but yeah, it's definitely playing to the competition, and that's inexcusable. You got to win those games. I mean, I looked at the calendar and saw this stretch versus the Tigers and Pirates. I'm like, we got to win five of six of these. I already lost two. That just can't happen. You know, and it's so odd, Christian, that you know, in in you know, like if you look at the NBA, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 teams with the stars and the best players usually destroy the inferior teams, you know? Yep. Same in football. They wear them down. Same in hockey. You know, it's really odd that in baseball, that is not necessarily the case. Case in point, really, are the Padres. They're yeah. not winning against good teams. They're not delivering in the clutch. You know, I, and, you know, there's only so many levers that you can pull as the manager. I mean, it, it's not like you have, you know, a a manager who's like a deer in headlights. I mean, this guy's been no. through it all. He's an excellent yeah. manager. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, the the GM is excellent. And it's just that the, the players aren't producing in the clutch or against the, the inferior teams that they should be beating. What an enigma. I mean, this is just insane. Yeah. You said that well. I mean, you go on go on Twitter and look up what Padres fans are saying. A lot. Some people blame Preller. Some people are trying to blame Melvin. And I just think that's – I agree 100% with what you said. It's not their fault. Preller put together a roster that should be winning games. Melvin's managing well. I mean, look, there's been a few moves here and there, like bullpen pitching moves. I'm like, I would have, I would have handled it differently, you know. But, like, of course, and it's hindsight's 2020 in all those situations. But it's, like, not his fault. He's We're winning games. He puts in the correct reliever who's rested and supposed to – that's their role to pitch in this specific inning, and they don't pitch well. And then you're supposed to have this hitter who's – you know, he should get a hit there or he needs to. Let's score some runs. And they don't. So by no means do I blame those guys. And I don't really know. You know, it's hard to find out who to blame because there's not really individual players to do it. Like, if anything, I blame the only blame on Preller is maybe lack of depth in the bullpen. But I don't know. I thought it was going to it was good enough bullpen to start the year. Just guys aren't performing. And it's a shame. And it's, you know, you almost you everyone want you want to have a scapegoat. You want to have a reason. That's human nature. So not having that's been been tough for sure. Yeah, I mean this is just strictly situational, you know, when it comes to clutch hitting and playing well against inferior teams. How is the how how's the unity in the clubhouse? I, I mean, I don't know. So there's been random, you know, kind of reports here and there saying, oh, like one Soto is a problem in the clubhouse, or the Padres are starting to argue, like things like that. The sources, though, I haven't believed. You know, I think, once again, a lot of it's clickbait, just people wanting to get some attention with, with some news. For, I mean, the, you go into the clubhouse, everyone says the right things. I mean, if you go in the interviews, these are all veterans. So they're not, you know, pointing fingers. Like Hassan came last night. He hit two home runs, his first career multi-home run game. He's playing very well. They, they asked him about it. And he, you know, he's like, I don't care. He's like, we lost the game. That's all that matters to me. He's like, I don't even care how I did. So it's like, all right, that's the right answer. But so there's not, you know, it's definitely a team. And I think it was frustrated. I, yeah, I mean, I think the clubhouse is a good clubhouse. I think a lot of these guys are friends, but, you know, the losses start to pile up. It's just frustrating and confusing. So my guess is if you had this interview with Manny Machado, he'd have similar answers to say that I have of just, you know, more or less confused and still thinking it's going to work out. But, you know, there's not many tomorrows left. We've only got two months left. And the six game lead, you're running out of time to make up for six games yeah and you know we you know us padre fans are waiting for the you know the the uh the run of like you know eight wins and one loss which would put them right back in there and you know it's Mm -hmm. interesting too christian is this team is very capable of doing that exactly i mean that's i I feel they are yeah yeah, I mean, nobody would be stunned if they went on an 8-1 run. You know, won eight games in a row. You know, it's like they, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I guess they right. got to just play the, the good teams. Or they gotta, so it's like, so what is their schedule like? Hopefully they're playing contenders because that's where they seem to do better, right? I mean, honestly, they've been kind of equal against everybody. I just looked up. We're two games under 500 against uh, over 500 teams. 
but let me pull up their schedule because I know obviously you got two more games against the Pirates. Like, win the series. And I was saying this to a couple friends the other day, just like, look, we need some sweeps here and there, but that, you just got to win series. And like, they'll start stacking up, chip away, get there. But yeah, I mean, look, if we want to say we were going to play better against contenders this weekend, they play the uh, Texas Rangers, who are the, uh, I believe they're leading the ALS. I mean, um, yeah, they're leading the ALS right now, second, third best record um, in the uh, AL. So that's a really good team coming to San Diego. Weekend, good team. Summer weekend, you know, it's going to be packed, high energy. Maybe if the team comes up and, you know, plays up to that competition there, uh, that's, you know, I'll, I'll sit and hope. And then the following week, they do have a series in Colorado. So, like, should beat the Rockies. They're the worst team in the NL. And then, and then you play the Dodgers back at home. So, it's a little bit of mixed, I'd say. A little – you got some good, some bad. But – He's got to start winning. I mean, the one thing to look at is in August, they do have a good amount of games against the Diamondbacks and Giants. Both of those teams are holding a playoff spot. We're six games behind both of them. So that's a great opportunity. You know, if we're playing the Pirates today. I'm looking for a win, but I'm also watching other teams trying to get them to lose to gain those games back. Yeah. But if you, if you can play the team, you're supposed, you, you know, then you're, you're taking it into your own hands. So you get them the loss on your own. Opponent, yeah. So. Yeah, I think if I mean, you know, I think they need like a galvanizing series. And, you know, I have to tell you, I thought that was with the Angels. You know, I thought the momentum, that was a momentum changer. And but it just, you know, they keep slipping into this situation where they can't get the clutch hits and they don't play and they play poorly. You know, I mean. Two games under 500 against teams that have a 500 record is decent. Yeah. Because you figure you're going to be seven or eight games over 500, you know, by seven or eight games over 500 by teams that are under 500. So it's just, it's just so odd, Fletcher. Well, we got to do it. Who's, uh, we've got, we're playing the Giants a lot in August, which is good. And then we're playing the Diamondbacks, which is good. Are we going to see the the uh, uh, the the Dodgers? Are they are they on the schedule? I'm sure they are coming up, right? They are. Yeah, not this coming weekend, but the following. So I got actually four games against them. So Friday through Monday. Uh, I you know I think it'll be another case of if we're going to beat the Dodgers, we got to get in the playoffs and beat them there. I. They've been playing well. They're going to win the division again, which is, you know, you can tell my tone. I'm, it's frustrating. Um, they're starting to – they're 10 games ahead of us, so I'm not really looking towards that. But it really is, yeah, just – I mean, you got to – I mean, you can't expect to sweep the Dodgers in four games. We'd love to do it. I'll root for it. But try and get three, at least get two. You just can't have these sweeps happen or these bad series. So we'll Yeah, and I, you know, we know that the Dodgers are fallible – in the playoffs. Yeah. The goal the goal is just to make the playoffs. Just you know, in. because you know, I mean the the Padres the Padres have a lot of really good players, starting pitching, a closer, they got the murderers row lineup. You know, if they can get in and get hot, you know, they can they could definitely make some noise in the playoffs. It's just getting there. And we also know that they can deliver in the playoffs. I think last year, 
had they not played the Dodgers at all, I think they would have beaten the Phillies. Okay, because they were so yeah. emotionally spent after beating up on Big Brother, their nemesis yep. for years. Yep. And, well and plus the fact, you know, the Dodgers, they they like cruise through the regular season. They're not used to the pressure of the playoffs where hopefully, I mean, it's going to come down to every game is do or die in say in like, if they keep this up, play 500 ball for the next couple of weeks, Fletcher, you know, every game is going to be do or die. So if they do make the playoffs, they'll be used to the pressure, you know, where the Dodgers won't be. And it's all of a sudden because the Dodgers have gotten a reputation as like being the best fit team in baseball that chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. And look, the Dodgers since what, 2010, I want to say like maybe the best regular season team I've seen, in, you know, over a long stretch of time. So you got to give them credit. It's all there. But they clearly have not performed in the playoffs. You know, they couple World Series appearances didn't win them. I mean, we talked about my opinion on the COVID World Series. It's obviously a very different situation. But in traditional full season, you know, seasons, they have won big and then lost there. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, being battle tested. And not only just the Padres in the, uh, in the Dodgers, you know, beating the Dodgers last year in the playoffs, but you can also go into the Phillies beating the Braves, where the Braves, you know, I I mean, I guess the Braves were in a similar kind of spot or they were in a different spot where they were competing for the division a lot close, more closely than the Padres or than the Dodgers were, but you had the Phillies who were just playing for their lives for the final three weeks of that season, just as the Padres were. So the playoffs didn't phase them. And, you know, they pulled off the upset just as the Padres pulled off an upset. So that's us trying to find some positive to this. I'd wish I'd say we were in that, you know, I'd say there's six, five, six teams all tied for the final three, all three wildcard spots. I'd love to be included in that little group, but uh, you know, we're going to make it a little harder on ourselves. And I keep trying to tell myself that it's just going to make, you know, the, you know, the championship DVD that always comes out. It's just going to be a little sweeter um, when it comes out. It's going to be a good story, but they, they can't, I mean, you can't lose eight to four at home to the pirates with your quote unquote ace on the mound. Just, just cannot happen. No, but you know, here's the deal. And you know, I refuse to be anything but positive about the the Padres right now is that, you know, or to at least to rationalize it a bit is that, you know, I've been following sports for, you know, for 60 years and statistical aberrations don't continue. Okay. Cause you know, I do an NBA podcast and San Antonio looked great this year. And Utah looked great in the beginning of the year. But what happens is, mm-hmm. is the, you know, are these unusual statistical aberrations, you know, they don't last forever. And this, I just don't think, unless there was a logical reason for it, like there's a big cancer in the clubhouse or, you know, yeah. There's three of our stars are limping through or, you know, there's some there's some rational explanation for this 
the only rational explanation for this is 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 the psychological pressure and you could have one galvanizing event that could change all of that could change the and change the momentum in the clutch and i do believe that the padres are going to encounter that very soon i really believe that how's that for optimism yeah I mean, hey, I love it, and and I I hope that's true. I'm rooting for it to be true. I think you know that my only disappointment with that is it just I, I there's been multiple times where I feel like that's been the case, or I feel like it's coming, and then you know something bad happens the next day that kind of just takes that away. So, but the thing is, you know, maybe that was just me being wrong, thinking it happened when it didn't happen, and it's going to happen uh, sooner than later. Look, and I and I do agree. I think look for 0 and 9 in extra inning games. You gotta assume we're gonna win the next one, right? Like the odds, if you're saying every extra inning game is 50-50, what are the odds of losing 10 straight like coin flips? If you're calling heads every time, what's the chance of 10 straight tails happening? It's one in over a thousand or at least, you know? So yeah, that's where I mean, you, you just, gotta think. Yeah. It's just you know, the the law of numbers dictates yeah. that statistical aberrations don't continue. I am stunned. It has continued this long, but it won't continue, Fletcher. I'm telling. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm hopeful. Continue. I'm hopeful. We got what two, a little over two months left to, to hope it's not continuing, and find some wins. I mean, look, we got it. And to go back to positive. I mean, Robert Suarez is back. I texted you about that. He looked phenomenal yeah. in his first debut in in a in one of the rare one run wins. So. Let's stay optimistic that that'll help sure up the bullpen. You have another high leverage guy um, to pitch that seventh, eighth inning to get it to Hater, or you know if they decide they want to ship off Hater but not to get another starter. That's been an idea float around. You have you know Suarez as a closer and can figure something out there. So it certainly will be interesting to see what this team does and waiting for that moment that you just mentioned to galvanize them and turn it around, win you know. Nine of ten, win ten of twelve, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to get themselves right back in it. And yeah, six games might look like a lot, but it's it's really not if you can just rattle off some of those uh, a little win streak like we keep like we keep open for. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, when by the way, when is the trade deadline up? Um, I believe it's August first. So we're doing this on July twenty fifth. So um, what we what we need to do then is sometime next week after the trade deadline, all the dust settles from that, is yep. we need to have a, another podcast and get your thoughts on on the changes that were made. Because, I, you know, the, the Padres are a dynamic organization, and I do believe you're right that they're not going to stand pat. I mean, they're just, you know, there's too much desire to win. So we will see now, Fletcher, you do this. You know, you're gracious enough to come up and be the Padres consultant. And you know you get the last word. What would you like to say about the Padres, the trade deadlines, the psychology of, of one, two-run losses? What would you like to say about the Padres? Yeah, no, I think, we'll, you know, got to say it's – is confirmed. So next Tuesday is that trade deadline. I think the Padres are going to be the most interesting team because of all the options we said. You can buy, stand pat, and sell. Really, really don't know. 
I have a t-shirt um, in my closet that I've had for a few years with our general manager's face saying in Preller, we trust. I think that's where, you know, I've stuck to that. It worked out for me last year, even after two years ago, it was a tough ending. And I think that's where I'm going to stick at that. You know, you got to trust AJ Preller knows what he's doing. He put this roster together. Let's see if he can, you know, pull some rabbits out of his hat. He had a great trade deadline last year, already re uh, restocked the farm system. So I'm certainly, I'd say it's keep your eye on the Padres, keep your eye on what they do. And let's just stay optimistic that, you know, that, that little win streak or that good long stretch is coming. And let's hope it's tonight win this series against the Pirates. We'll forget about what happened last night and just get yourself back to 500, get in the race. And as we said, Jim, it's all, you know, the team that wins 111 games or whatever doesn't win the world series very often. It's, it can be, it's just getting in and winning a tournament. So let's get in the tournament and see what we can do. Optimism all right. There. Yes, sir. All right. Fletcher, Christian, thank you for joining us. And the audience, I want to thank you for listening. And we will listen. We will hear from you next week after the trade deadline. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Christian. You're welcome. Thank you.